Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast of the Youth Ministry of the Assemblies of God Church for Season 5. Here, we discuss issues aimed at human development, both spiritual and physical. Our anchor today is on standby to take you through the amazing journey, so just sit tight, relax, and enjoy. With me here, we have our own pastor, our youth pastor, and the person of Reverend Churchman, who will be interviewing as our maiden edition of this podcast. And um, we want you to please stay in tune. I will be your host, John Bernard Madukam. So, sir, before we begin, um, I want to lay a background of what we'll be discussing this evening. Um, we've, we've seen through scriptures that there are some things that are really humanly speaking, hum, through human intellect, we don't really understand. And uh, when we read the scriptures, we, we just want to believe everything written there and uh, we want to see how this thing can make sense to our reasoning and um where we'll be looking at is the one of the synoptic gospel of uh, um jesus christ jesus christ's uh, life in, in luke luke chapter 4 that's the temptation of christ and i want to start by saying first is the temptation of Christ, a physical experience, and to what extent can we say the devil actually came physically? That's in reality to tempt Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if you can just give us a little background to this. Is it a physical event like we normally have our temptation um, as human beings? Did Jesus Christ experience the devil coming to him physically to tempt him? Okay, thank you very much for this brilliant question. Um, I want to start by telling us about what exactly happened according to the record of uh, uh, Brother Luke about Jesus' activity. You discover in this Luke we are discussing, I mean Luke chapter, chapter uh, 3, you see that to Luke chapter 4, I suppose you say, 1 to 13, you see that before Jesus was tempted, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And Jesus was filled with the Spirit. After 40 days and night, he for the operational optimum of his ministry. The first person or entity he met was the devil. But the temptation of Jesus was not actually what we think. What do I mean by that? That devil was standing physically talking with him. The spirit led him and the devil came. All these things happen in the world of the mind and in the world of the spirit. How do I just oppose what I, I, I'm saying? It is very impossible for one to stay on any mountain to look at the whole world. 
So, and the scriptures say that devil took him to the mountain and within a twinkle of an eye, showed him the whole world, the pinnacle. So he discovered that if you want to take it literally, it is very, very uh, impracticable or, or impossible for one to stand on any hill or mountain to see the whole world. So by that, uh, by that uh, you know, expression, I suppose that this happened the way it is happening in our life today. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be tempted, but not only devil standing, but trying to manipulate our mind and our thoughts to do things that are against God. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. This just shared so much light, and I love the way you put it. It's in our mind. Um, this brings me to the next question. If that same thing that happened to Jesus is in his mind, just like it happens to us, how can we now benefit from the first thing, his first temptation where the devil asked him to turn stone into bread? How can we benefit from that? Because to me, as, as a person, I don't see how turning stone into bread is a need because he has finished fasting at that moment. Turning stone into bread shouldn't be a, considered a sin for it to even be a temptation in the first place. So how can we now know the mind, something that will come to our mind as a temptation in, in that regard? as a metaphor, using Jesus' turning stone to bread as a metaphor. How can we know those things that are not meant to be turned into a bread in our lives when the temptation comes to us? Actually, devil study the mind. And in my own thought, devil is an expert in psychology. Look at what happened. He never tempted Jesus Christ with food until Jesus was hungry and he was alone. So he knew that when there is a calmness in the mind and the mind is not positioned to the thinking of God's word or something beneficial, there must be a racing of thought that may swindle the mind to do the bidding of the opposite side. Now, Jesus was baptized in water he identified with us in water baptism. Now, devil tempts Jesus so that he, he, he can also as well, you know, identify with us in temptation. Now, how do we overcome? Jesus Christ overcame the devil by divine resources. He didn't use his power as, you know, a, 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 a God man, but he relied on the world rely on the world. So you see that devil may be knowledge of the scripture. He abuses scripture. He quoted Psalm 91 for Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ used the same Psalm 91 to, you know, to vanquish or, you know, you know clear his, uh, his, 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 his spot to his mind. All these things were just a thought in the mind. But Jesus was able to over, over, overcome the devil because he was loaded with the word. So in our own time, the same thing that happened in Jesus' life happens in our life. And the only way we can overcome the devil because the word of the spirit is war of the spirit. It's not what, uh, what we use in our arms of uh, flesh. It is a word that you fight in the spirit. It's only the word, which is the food of the soul. 
which is the fruit of the spirit that can use to challenge devil and to become winners in a, a case like that. Okay, so um, let's put it in in context. Let's assume I am Jesus in this present twenty first century uh, existence. I'm Jesus, and I have so much power. Like I'm, I was, I'm living my normal life. And I have power to get anything I want. Let's say economic power to get anything I want. And then I'm being tempted to get maybe something I can afford. Because from all indication, Jesus' temptation at that point, from what I understand, the bread, that was, the idea from the devil to turn stone into bread is a test of power if he could abuse his power. So... At what point, as a human being, as a person, do we abuse this power mistakenly by turning, metamorphically, turning stone into bread just to suit our need? At what point do we do this in our everyday life? That's what I want to know because most of us have this power and then we use it at will. But Jesus had the power, but he didn't use it because he understood it came from the devil. How do we know? those temptations that will come from there and then we use the power to you to just solve our need at the particular point in time you know one thing when devil captures a man's ego he can twist it into anything look at jesus christ jesus had the power but he understood what the power was meant for it's not meant for running fast food or breaking bread. The power is for salvation of mankind at that point in time. And as a Bible student, you discover that in the end, Jesus really turned two fish and five loaves of bread into plenty of food. But coming to us, how do we abuse our power? If you are beautiful, that is power confined on you by God. If you are handsome, that is power confined by, uh, uh, or new by God. If you are intelligent, that is power. If you have money, that is power. But the issue now is that this natural endowment or the divine deposit in you, what is it really meant for? To influence mankind positively or to influence mankind uh, negatively? We must understand the essence of what you carry and the implication of the using of it. Jesus understood in the first place that he was born to save mankind from sin and he was focused. So, as you are, if you have money, you must understand that money is amoral, but the way money is used is what will make it either evil or good. Now, what is money meant for? Money is meant for is, or can I say, is a means of, you know, a, a, a legal tender that serves as a means for transaction. And this transaction has to do with goods and wares, which is used by men. How do I use this, my money, to turn it in a way that my goods and wares, when I talk about goods and wares, I can talk about food, clothing, and whatever. That money is not meant to use to you know, antagonize God by using it to intimidate people, but it is meant to use for influencing people for God. 
So the first thing we should know is whatever we have, what is concept of what we have. If we be able to define the concept of what we have, it will help us in the result of it. Jesus Christ knew what he came to do. And when we know who we are in Christ, we will actually understand whatever thing we have, whatever thing we have must be used to helping people and be living like Christ. Okay, thank you so much, sir. Um, one more, let me stretch you on, on this one, this same question you just answered. But I like being curious sometimes. Um, if I'm to be curious and I ask myself, what would happen, what would have happened if Jesus had turned that stone into bread? And uh, I'm speaking this one now using everyday life. What would have happened if Jesus turned the stone into bread? Okay, look at what happened in the Garden of Eden. The same temptation that the devil took to Eden was what he brought to Jesus. That you say, we have the ability not to sin or to sin. If that had happened, the salvation of mankind would have been jeopardized. Remember that man, by formation, was not meant to die originally. But sin against God brought death unto man. So in the same thing, if Jesus had done that, he would have really turned the stone into bread because he had the power. But in the end, the purpose for which he has come, which is all about delivering mankind, would have been thwarted or frustrated. And we wouldn't have been here discussing Jesus if we had misused our power. So too, if we misuse our power, we may gain momentarily from it. But as time progresses, we see that the harm we cause ourselves is greater than the temporal pleasure. We, we, we drive from using it in a wrong form. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, if someone had turned his stone to bread, what's the remedy? Because um, people are people diverse, and then uh, you might find some persons who are already victim of this. So, what's the remedy for such people? very beautiful that is the essence of the coming of jesus christ jesus knew that we have or he knows that we have tendencies and by creation we can make a mistake the remedy now is misusage of what you have say have remedy and the remedy is found in christ and that's why the scripture says repent and you'll be forgiven in mark chapter 1 verse 14 he said preach them, tell them to repent that the kingdom is at hand. So when the preaching is done and people realize their sin and come back, as David, uh, you know, Azaz in Psalm 51, he said, a contract heart and they repented so you can know for a second. And John 3, uh, John 3 uh, 16 says that God so loved the whole world or the world that he said is only because it's all. So the remedy is in Christ. The remedy is the repentance and forsaking the way that power was misused before and now come to Christ for the right usage of power. That is the remedy. Mm. Thank you, sir. Um, then we, we, we as youths, there is something, uh, there is something synonymous with uh, the 21st century youth. Uh, we are called uh, millennials and that if there's anything millennials do is, is uh, that's we are just quick to, 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 we are always quick to change. 
we we move we are just dynamic in our ways uh, for something new when something new comes up we jump on it move on with it and then that that has posed a lot of challenges in our day-to-day life like the inability to wait waiting now for every youth it's a big challenge when you tell a youth to wait is practically you're punishing that person a youth will know will, will just want to make money out of school immediately he does not want to wait to go through the process just want to get everything now and then and i think that is what really happened in this temptation of christ because everything that happened we have the place of patience in it so i i want you to just uh, ask our pastor share more light on this kind of give us an advice especially what is happening now you see youth young people who are going to blood money and then you ask yourself they have a lot of future ahead of them instead of them to wait and walk through the process and grow into it rather they just want it now and now and then you see them delving into things that are not made how do you how do you encourage youth of my time to and go through the process and not abuse powers that they can make choices and do things is not right okay so i just want you to just as a father just give us an advice you've passed through the system and it's worked for you obviously so how can you help us through this same system okay i just want to get things out uh, from this thing we are discussing from that temptation, I, would, I, want, I want to give you about four points that youth should watch out for and the way they should approach it one look at what devil tell jesus if you are the son of god if you are the son of god turn this to youth or for the youth, if you are a child of God, why all this is happening to us? Why am I not moving as fast as I desire? Why am I stagnated? That is for the youth. That is that temptation. Two, devil said to Jesus, command this stone to become bread. This is just to entice Jesus to use the power of God for selfish purpose. Three, he said to Jesus, if you fall down from art or from the pinnacle, you know nothing will happen to you. The angels will bear you up. All this is boiled down on impatience to follow the procedure and protocols. But Jesus Christ, knowing what he came for, understand that we are like a book written by an author. And we have time and season to manifest a particular chapter, page, and verses. He understood it. How do I know? Jesus used the word, it is written. And the writing has to do with book, meaning that he is the author of our, of our life and the, our existence. Devil appealed, appealed to Jesus' legitimate desire. Because what Jesus desired then was food. Because on account of his fasting and prayer for 40 days, 
this time what you desire is economy money the desire to make it in time and devil can see come in form of this now that you have desire to make it time if you're a child of god why is god not supplying it now why waiting you have waited enough there's no need of your waiting again just go into it now how do we overcome this we can use just life events to overcome this my brother everything in life grows everything in life manifests in the in their time everything in life has a period and moment of maturity everything in life has to follow process and procedure including driving a car when you were coming you, you had one or two holdups you didn't you didn't jump it you you waited till the holdup was cleared when you were coming at times if you are driving you meet a hill you don't jump over here what you do is to change gear why do you change gear for smooth acceleration to navigate that hill without having problem so in the same vein life is just like a hill and it takes a you that understand actually the principle of life not appearances i'm talking about the reality of life to understand to know that life is a time but that time you see yourself what are you doing i said in one of my thoughts that i push out on daily basis that i i say i say patient in idleness yield no benefit but pains within that time you are patient what are you doing yes i finished school I'm a graduate of 2-1. I'm a graduate of first class. That's good for you. But this time that you are waiting for the uh, waiting upon the Lord to react to your favor, what have you engaged yourself to? Personally, when I finished school and there was nothing coming forth, the thing I did is to begin to ride Okada. And I knew that when I was doing that Okada job, sir, that it will not be my permanent place. It just for a time so that I don't become liability to people. I did that for a time and I was patient following the word of God, searching the scripture, reading what, what is your status in the scripture and your profile. For instance, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the word of God says, I know the thought I have for you. In the same Jeremiah 33, verse 3, the word of God says, Call upon me. In Psalm, in Psalm 50, verse 15, the word of God says, Call upon me. In First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, verse 7, rather, he says, I care for you, submit all your worries to me. In, in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18, he says, I will be with you. So when we read this in, if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, when you obey the word, there are promises of God. So a youth in this time of waiting, should not be too much in a rush. They should not be too much sitting in a complacence. You must at moment be in motion in the right direction. One, motion in the sense that if you have finished your school and you are doing nothing, why don't you learn a job? If you don't have a job to learn that time, why don't you get this manual job doing? Saving little money for the next phase of operation. But a you that see that, say that I'm a graduate, you carry your, uh, your, your profile or, or certificate about, 
we become useless and get frustrated in life. So the first thing I want to advise you to do is to know Christ. When you know Christ, where your profile is predicated of, is in the scripture. Study what God says concerning you. When you do that, how do you convert that to a thought into productivity? You must lay your hand on something doing. For I use as an example, the very day I knew that you are a furniture maker, I was shocked tomorrow. Upon you are a graduate of history. You didn't say because you went to school, you're a lion. You move or in your move, you can advance the street without helping yourself. But you you found yourself learning something. And today you see how it is helping. Though you are waiting for a bigger thing. You see how it is helping in, in sustaining you. So that is what I would advise you. Youth, let me tell you, what you most of the things you see is just appearances, they're not reality. And the word of God says to uh, Zachariah, as in, uh, uh, Zachariah said to Zerubbabel, start little thing, that which you began, I will make it great. Let us learn to lay hand on something. On heavy competition, we make us rich men in the grave. Let us lay hand on something to win. And as time progresses, as we remain children of God, God must surely make us what he wants us to be. That is my take for that. Wow, wow, this is awesome. Daddy, thank you so much for this exposition. It's, this is really rich. And uh, I want to say to the youth out there, you've heard it all. Um, there is no rush. God is a God of process. You don't rush him. You don't put the, the, the cart before the horse. You need to put God first and follow. Um, we've, we've come to the end of uh, this show this night and I want to say once again, Daddy, thank you so much for availing us this your time and also speaking from your heart because everything you share I hope that you have been blessed. That was an amazing episode. For questions and inquiries, please send us a mail at agcwusayyouth at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.